Hey, tell a man pass it, pull up and cross it. I'll bury that sh top corner. I'm a winger on the left, cut right. You can play me on the middle, I'm still top scorer. New studs on my boots, I'm blessed. No shin pads, I'll live in the edge. Got my ballet on the pitch, but the referee's finna pop that chest. Hey, hit a thing with the outside foot, like Roberto, ball in the air, all curvy. Yes, 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 people. We're back again for another episode of the One Two Podcast. Joined by my usual co-host Dave, also known as Galazzo First. What's good? Come on, bro. And we've got a, we've got a special guest with us. You know, you may have seen him collab with me on a couple of previous posts. And um, he specializes in obviously he does a bit of youth players, does a bit of unknown players. He does it's in the name, really. So when I introduce him, you'll know what he's about. I'll let him explain further into what he does. Be sure to drop him a follow on his Instagram and all the other stuff that is needed. I'll leave it in this description below. And um, yeah, we've got a very good episode coming up today. So without further ado, I'm pleased to present to you guys Football Scout, well, uh, Football Scout Hub. Yo, what's good? Yes, 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 people. T- I mean, tell the people about you, bro. Yeah, so just run a little Instagram. As he said, Football Scout Hub. Just talk about under 23 players, potentially players you've not heard of. Just write a little report about them, talk about their stats and all that sort of stuff. Good, good, good. So yes, as I said, people, be sure to drop him a follow and check out his stuff. It's good stuff. As I said, we've collabed before. So, I mean, you could say a collab is being overdue. So, could be coming up very soon. But we'll kick it off with today's episode. So, as he does specialise in young players, you know, up-and-coming players, it's only right that we do a kind of young up-and-coming players themed type episode. So, in today's episode, we'll be going through three types of young players coming up. Let me just check my notes. We'll be going through who we believe, each of us, is a generational player, you know. It's a word that get thro- it gets thrown around so many times, but we're here to, you know, properly go through it. The second type of players are underrated players. So, someone who's doing his thing right now, but isn't really getting the credit he deserves, you know. He's just going under the radar and it's like, as I said, we're here to shine the light on these guys. And then three, it's just a completely unknown player. So someone who you believe will be the talk of the town in a, in a couple of years' time. You know, we're seeing lots of these players blow up now. But we're here to show that we are ahead of the curve. So hopefully, these players that we name will end up living up to their potential. Then um, after that, we'll be going through some of the best academies. And yeah, without further ado, we might as well get straight into the generational one now. I'm the host, so I'll I'll let one of you guys go first. I think we should give it to the. I mean, sorry, we should give it to Football Scout Hub first. Should we just call you Alex or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just call me Alex. Calm. Call me Alex. Easier. Calm. All right, we'll, we'll yeah, let so Football Scout. I mean, we'll let Alex take it. Away. <laughs> yeah. So, my generational player, I have gone for a pretty obvious one, Jaden Sancho. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you going so, for that, bro? Well. Obviously, he's been killing it in Dortmund. He was at Man City. He was a, he was a prospect. He wasn't really much else. He wasn't known. He wasn't, he wasn't really uh, getting any game time. Yeah. So Dortmund obviously bought him pretty cheap. They gave him a chance, and he's he's proven why he's one of the best ever, in the world ever since. You know, linked with a, a big a big money move to Man United in the summer. Obviously, he fell through. I mean, would have loved to have seen that go through because seeing someone like that in the Premier League that's what you want but um, yeah obviously didn't go through I think 20 goals 20 assists last season I mean they're like crazy numbers no 
hardly any players ever get 20 goals, 20 assists, you know, from wide right position for Dortmund. I think he looks like, I think he is a generational talent. I think there is only a couple better than him. I think when you're talking about generational talents, you're talking about four or five maximum. Mm. Like, you, you can't, you can't just list 10 people as generational talents. And I think of under 23s in his generation, I think Jaden Sancho is probably top three, let alone top five. 100% generational talent for me. Yeah, no, I could definitely hear that, you know. I, I, me personally, I wanted a move to go through because um, he does come from the area that I'm basically from, Kenneton. So it would have been yeah. nice to see someone, you know, come from those type of sides and really make a name for himself. Probably would have been very inspirational, you know. Be I wanted to be a footballer growing up, but, you know, we all have the... Yeah, little, I think you know, we all did. I think we all did. <laughs> you know, we all had that same dream and then, you know, a little knee injury, a mm. couple oh, of distractions. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. got the knee injury. Yeah. You know, <laughs> little ACL there and then boom, <laughs> it's all done. But, um, yeah, no, I can I can hear that shout still. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's at Dortmund because I love Dortmund. Like, everything about their clubs just amazing you look at the players they bring through like Haaland Jude Bellingham even like all the Usman Dembele's and all that mm. all those types of players who maybe Usman Dembele a few years ago would have been put in the generational category but you know yeah I love Dortmund so Jaden Sancho's got to be I feel you great bro. I feel you so we'll move on to Dave who have you got Dave I went with the probably more biased pick but just the amount of, I've seen him like watching him week in week I've gone with Bukayo Saka and as soon as I think of this guy, I think of person on the scene at a young age in a like playing for an Arsenal team that was really struggling, and he is like the bright spark. And the other thing I think of is the versatility of this kid. He's played played that left back on the wing. Some he was playing um yeah, that striker in his younger like with the, with the under twenty ones and eighteens. He's played on the right a few times under Arteta, and he played a couple times in the middle. And it's just, mm. he just seems at home in all of these positions, adapting well, because even the teams, as as he's being pushed around, the team's not really been that concrete. So he's not really been able to find like bonds with players. But I can particularly remember when last season when Martinelli was playing, I think those two had a really good link up. So that's obviously yeah, exciting for, for us. But in terms of like even playing for England yesterday, um, not yesterday, the game against Ireland, like, he won the penalty. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely should crazy have got a goal or assist. But yeah, just shining amongst Sancho's, like you're mentioning, shining amongst the obviously mm. the more mature Grealishes and the Calvert-Lewins and stuff like this. He just looked at home mm. and just so comfortable. Even playing in left back, personally, I don't obviously know where he would prefer to play. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he is. He necessarily shines as much at left back because he doesn't yeah. get to obviously. He, I suppose, in that left wing, left wing back position, he can do both attacking and defending. But even the discipline to, like, such a talented player to have the discipline to defend and like want to contribute for a team, I think. Yeah, talking about your versatility, like you said. Yeah, I just seen it here. He's played sixteen games at left back. This is last season yeah. in all competitions. Sixteen games at left back. Thirteen games at left wing. Mm. Five games at left mid, which is probably left wing back. Yeah. Uh, three games at right winger and two games at attacking midfield. Yeah. And he's got Crazy. a goal contribution in every single every position. Single one. It just shows like every single position. That's insane. Like he was he came he came into the Arsenal team, a young player, mm. went straight into left back, which was 
a pretty tough position considering the right wingers in the league. Yeah. You know, and he just smashed it, getting assists, getting getting goals, being a creative hub. If you look at this Arsenal team, yeah. I think everybody's probably bored of hearing it, you know, like they need creativity. Yeah. The only guy creating at the minute for them is Saka, yeah. you know, for, for Arsenal, for, for us, I'm an Arsenal fan as well. 100%, 100%. Know? And I think in terms of generation, it's like once in a lifetime players, obviously I completely agree with the guys you're going to suggest, but yeah. you rarely see a player that is so comfortable playing in all positions. It'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. which one maybe he specialises in. Obviously, most yeah. most attacking players nowadays can play along the front Everywhere. three. Yeah, but along the front three is something they need yeah. if they want to get into the, the team because they've got to take their chances. Literally, literally, because it's just cutting yourself off. I think a few players, not off the top of my head, but I've struggled because they they don't want to be shoehorned in that position. Obviously, fair enough to them, yeah. but... It's about showing your creativity and showing your versatility. And I think Saka's done just that. And he's, yeah, he's definitely, definitely, definitely looking at one of a kind, especially for in the Premier League at the moment in terms of young players. Yeah, quickly on his position, where do you think his best position is? Because obviously the three of us watch Arsenal week in, week out. So the viewers might, who aren't, or the listeners who aren't um, Arsenal fans might not. Yeah particularly know as much about Saka so obviously it's an easy one for us to kind of back up yeah rather than like a Jaden Sancho because not everybody watches the um yeah the Bundesliga exactly so uh, what, what do you think his best position is like where do you think he fits in this Arsenal team then in this Arsenal team at the moment from what I've seen I suppose because he as he is left-footed I think the left mm. wing is probably the best avenue for him and you think what Aubameyang through the middle yeah yeah no I hear that you know what I, I have to agree. I used to, I was backing up um, Aubameyang as a left winger for ages yeah. because last season he got, what was it, 20 something goals mm. from left wing. Mm. But if you just look at Arteta's new system, yeah. I don't think he, well, I don't think he's an Arteta striker, which is why he's not being played there because he likes someone that can How drop deep like Lacazette. Yeah, like Lacazette who will hold the ball up and, and make the, the passes that he needs, yeah. right? Um, I don't think Aubameyang's good enough with the ball at his feet yeah. distribution-wise and I don't think that's his job. Mm. But if you look at like Pep Guardiola, he likes a similar type of striker, someone who'll be dropping in to get the ball yeah. and then getting in the box, which I think Aubameyang's more of a, a poacher. Yeah. Although he is also good from long range. If you look at his stats when he was at Borussia Dortmund, they were crazy the amount of goals he got from outside the yeah. box. Mm. I think Jay and I were speaking about it last week. I think the thing of him getting as many goals as he did on the left, obviously he did play there. Like there's no we're not we're not saying that it was just by chance. But I think because he was so talented and so like yeah. his positioning positional awareness is next to none. Like he is he is even at Arsenal, he should be our left wing backs or like the wing back stream. Just put it in a position, yeah. he will be there to finish it off. So I think that is where he got the majority of his goals. And yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a toss up at the moment where to play him. I do think his future is down the middle yeah. only because like, Aubameyang not having any shots in a game is criminal. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think if he shoots, he'll score. Yeah. And if you can, if we need creativity and Saka's creating for yeah. us, put him on the left, find space for someone yeah. else, you know. But, yeah. Now, yeah. going back on to Saka's best position, me personally, yeah. it's such a hard one because it's either between left wing 
or that kind of left centre mid, but the highest midfielder. I wouldn't put really put him as yeah, a camp, yeah. but the highest one. Yeah, I like that. I like him there. I like him there, but I think we need someone more natural in that position because so, he, yeah. when he plays there, you see him kind of like you can throw a blanket over him and Abamio. You know, that's like a cliche mm. term. Like you hear that a lot in Sunday yeah, League yeah. and all that stuff. But I feel like he's behind yeah. Abamio. Like if he plays in that, well, when Arteta plays his systems, I don't think anyone's set in position. Right? I think Saka yeah. drifts left wing back, centre mid, mm. left wing. But I think he's so close to Abamian. Abamian tries to go central, and then it, I don't feel like the cohesion works as well as yeah. if he just had that left hand side to himself and Tierney can bomb behind him because we know how good Tierney's crosses yeah, are. Yeah, I think know. that's it. That Man City game. That left sided did get a bit crowded, and it was a bit. It's more of like yeah. Um, yeah. a direct channel for our attacks. And obviously, when you see all the action on one side, it's so easy to defend against. And just players yeah. getting on top of each other type of thing, it kind of cancels them out. So yeah, like if William on the other, in that Man City game. I remember William was getting no, not William. Sorry, he was on the right. There was someone on the right, Pepe. Yeah, didn't get no kind of. The ball was never played to him. Yeah, very the heat map. The heat map was all on the other side. Mm. Yeah, and then again, on I know they're probably the uh, listeners are probably tired of hearing about Arsenal because you're both yeah. Arsenal fans. But <laughs> with um with Saka, if he plays on the left, do you think the reason that he's Arteta's opting for a right mm. foot on the left is so that Tierney can be the one that? can go down the line for the crosses and a Bamian can be the I one that cuts in. That. I know Saka's got a good right foot. I know he's got a good right foot and I think it's like some of his crosses and his right foot is are pretty yeah. decent. But is it too one dimensional? Is it easy to just stop yeah. them from I've... not having that create like switch up of options? Yeah, hundred percent because I think I don't obviously believe that Tierney at that left centre back role is long term. I think he does see him no. as like a bombing up and down because he's very even even in the games where he has played left centre back, he was popping up up and down on that wing. Yeah. yeah. That cross to, to exactly. Lacazette on he put it on Lacazette exactly, on a plate. Exactly. It was it was like it was even, one of our only creative outlets. Even Martinelli. When yeah. he whips in the balls, Martinelli said it's yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. What I would say about Arteta system is I feel like Martinelli's return will play a huge part in this all. Like I want to see how yeah. he changes up his system because now there's literally no excuse for you to really be having Aubameyang out there on the wings. Yeah, but um, well, yeah. What do you think? Do you think Martinelli on the right with Aubameyang through the middle? Um, I mean, I'm trying to see a bit of Reese Nelson. I can't even lie to you. Like every time Reese Nelson's been given this opportunity, really, like, think... he's just shunned. That's true. Like Reese Nelson should, and even Martinelli. Martinelli, I think it was a bit too early to say if he's in like the generational debate. Would obviously be excited. Yeah. To yeah, I think if he wasn't yeah. injured, if he wasn't injured, he was playing as much as Saka. He, he, hundred percent, hundred percent. And Nelson should be not generational, but he should be in amongst the conversations we're having at his age, the talent that he has. But I mean, I don't see can't get opportunities. I don't see much between him and mm. Jaden Sancho. The only difference is one has been given like yeah. a lot more opportunities. Obviously, going abroad and stuff like that. Because we saw what yeah. he done with Hoffenheim, like it was different. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I, the difference I think is I don't think he's been consistent enough. Like recently, mm. he's played quite well when he's been given a chance. But yeah. in the past, he'll play 
like that Liverpool game, I remember he played against Liverpool and he, he played really well. I think it was yeah. one that we won when they made a couple of mistakes yeah. defensively. He was really good for mm. pouncing on that. But then if Liverpool don't make those mistakes, then he doesn't play well. And I know that he caused the mistakes. But in other games, he's he can be a bit of a, a shadow. Like I don't really see him yeah. doing much. So I think it's just the consistency. Like I think with I think Jaden Sancho at the minute is levels ahead of him because he he he's obviously been given that chance, but he will create and if he messes up he'll create again, again and again and put it on a plate yeah, for something. No, I heard that two bigger shots, two bigger shots. My generational shout. Now obviously I, there was one name that we were gonna go for, but we'll go uh, through that after. But I've gone for Eduardo Camavinga. Let's see, yeah, I'm mm. that right. Eduardo Camavinga, okay. the French centre midfielder. Yeah. Um, he only just turned 18, but um, yeah, this, this guy's levels. Like he excels in both attack, excels in going forward, excels in the transition. Like I'm seeing this guy dribble, I'm seeing the way this guy pass and move the ball, and I'm thinking you're playing extreme. You're playing way ahead of your years. Like there's no way. Obviously, when I was watching him, he 100%. was a 17 year old. He, he just turned 18, but even at 18 years old, like. He's playing extremely. The things he's doing. Youngest goal scorer for crazy, France. Um, I think since mm-hmm. the World War One. Since what? Yeah, thirties. Oh, oh, was it? I think they said that? Fourteen was the last time of that age. Yeah, something crazy really? like that. Oh my god! I thought it was thirties. They said that's even. Yeah, crazy. literally. So and obviously since he broke into that uh, study Ren side, like they're now qualifying for Champions League, like, and he's been an integral part of their kind of rise to prominence. Yeah. You know. Being the next side to challenge up um, PSG, obviously, I don't think anyone's going to knock PSG yeah. off their perch. But, you know, he's doing very, very well right now, especially for his age. And, you know, I, we were talking about in the podcast a couple of months, a couple of games ago, so, and it was like, there was talk of Pogba, um, you know, like, he's not really having a good time at United. He's not being used well by Ole. He should just go leave, go to Real Madrid. And I'm thinking to myself, Real Madrid... That ship has sailed. Like it was in 2018 after the World Cup. That was your time, Pogba. The ship has sailed now. We've got yeah, Eduardo Camavinga. He's the next mm-hmm. big thing. I genuinely feel like this yeah, season he will. I I can see the uh, generational ability, and I know there's a generational player in there. Mm-hmm. But I guess to say it now, yeah, okay. some people would say it's a bit premature. I'll come back to this at the end of the season. He will assert himself as a generational baller. 100. If you look at Ren's season last year, they finished third. Oh yeah. Right, and I think that was that was pretty much spearheaded by yeah. Camavinga. Like I know he's only young, and it's obviously tough to say that he's done that on his own. He hasn't. They had a lot of other good players, but the season before that, they were nowhere near. I think they finish. They yeah. finished tenth. They finished tenth with fifty-two points. And last year they they were crazy. They were up there, you know, like finishing third. They were better than their a lot of the other opposition. I think. He's going to be like he's incredible. Uh, I think you're right. I think he's generational. Like, and I, that's not certain. I, I throw about a lot. As I said, it's, it's generational is a word that gets thrown about so much times. But with Eduardo Camavinga, yeah. I can genuinely see it because the way he's moving with the ball, the way he's passing it, the way he just dictates the play. As I said, it's incredible for someone of such yeah. an age. But that's my shout. Yeah, and I know, I know people say that um, Ligon is a, a farmers league. And to some extent, right, I agree, a lot of the teams aren't to the level of the Bundesliga and the Premier League. Not so much, I wouldn't say uh, La Liga anymore, but yeah. definitely not up to the standard of Premier League and Bundesliga. But when you look at the youth players that they've 
that have come out of Liga exactly. recently. Like all the best, all the best young players have been coming out of. I think the best Liga way to um, articulate this, I'd say the competition in Liga um, is farmer level, but I would say Liga mm. is by far comfortably the best talent factory in Europe. Without yeah. a shadow doubt, yeah. I feel like probably Premier League would then be second best because mm-hmm. I feel like Spain went through a good. Period. Yeah, I agree. I think that's all it's looking like. Yeah, definitely. So I can't really put Spain really in that category. They went through an amazing period, but it's like there was nothing really before that, and it's looking like it's drying out after that. So yeah, yeah. Really good. And look at French national team. I think that's why they've got such a good like talent production because they their league is considered a farmers league, which I I would agree it is to some extent. So they the young players get given. Yeah, a chance. that's it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Like they get given so many so many more opportunities and like if Phil Foden was playing for Ren or Marseille oh, or Leon, easily one of the best easily. players in the world. Right, and he would Man City would be paying eighty million for him. And I know he's getting chances now, but how old 20. is Phil Foden? Like twenty mm-hmm. one. I believe he's oh, twenty. Three years ago, at the same age as um Camavinga, he would have been getting these sorts I of mean, numbers. Obviously, Phil Foden was a name I was really considering because, again, like Camavinga, like I watched this guy playing. It's like the way he dictates the ball, the way he uses it is again ahead, of, yeah. years ahead of his years um, age. Sorry. And when, and when um, Pep Guardiola says that you're the best player that has, yeah. he's ever coached, and he's coached Lionel Messi in his what I'd say it's golden years as he was coming through. Like, that's the biggest compliment you could probably ever... Yeah, like, literally, on the podcast, we were saying, like, Phil Foden is the player us Arsenal fans thought Jack Wilsh would be. I see so many similarities between the two. Oh, 100%. It's just obviously, it's unfortunate, Wilsh with his injuries and stuff like that, but it's like, I can see so many similarities, the potentials there, like, he just yeah. needs that game time. And I, was, I was hoping that this would be the season we finally see, you know, David Silva's left. Like, this mm-hmm. is the time we actually see Phil forward and get that game time. But yeah, it's I love, I love the way that Pep Guardiola uses him as well. You think? Where he, he puts him... Yeah, I like how he uses oh, him. Oh, on the pitch? A, like a, a striker. Oh, really? Yeah, like a striker, false nine. Just roams around, does what he wants. Because when the best players in the world, like obviously attacking-wise, when they get that space, that's when... Yeah, when they have that free... I mean, that's where you can see players like Jack Grealish probably having the time of their life because he's just got that free roll. Jack Grealish, look at Mesut Ozil at at Real Madrid and when he was killing it at Arsenal. Those are... All these type like Messi... Those are the players you can afford to let them just do their thing because you know it's guaranteed. Do you know what? I do think, like, in this generation, I obviously understand football's got a lot more faster more physical but i do think it is unfair for these like really gifted players and we can even have like talk about the whole idea of like the center attacking midfielder position kind of dying out mm-hmm. because these players have to be work horses that they have no need to have to create but they have to be on defense but Literally, allowing yeah. these allowing these gems just to do do what they do and even like even mm-hmm. just two midfielders behind them is not too much to ask for and the creative yeah. the creative um, benefits that you get is so much more it's just putting that pressure off off um, them do you know what I say definitely it's an unpopular opinion but I would kind of put the blame towards like England to be honest because I've seen mm. so many players from abroad come to England and English fans of all English clubs will crucify them because as well as they are doing creativity, they might do a little flick here. They might, you know, put a good free ball there and stuff like that. 
they would say they, that they will completely evaluate that because not enough tackles being put in or not enough running about being done. Yeah. I, I hear that not, for some, not tall yeah, enough. Literally, I, <clears throat> not tall enough. Yeah, not physically. Stupid like little players, criteria. But it's like I've seen so mm-hmm. many players like and I say Urs was the prime example because I'm thinking as someone who's been at the Emirates in the stands, literally hear some of the stuff that these fans are saying. I'm thinking, are you not oh, seeing the way he's moving the ball, the passes he's making? But just because. Yeah, he's not really running about like Alenix. And the thing is, it's a That's huge, it. huge misconception because uh-huh. I'll use Mister as an example. Yeah. He ran more, a lot more, significantly more than Alexis Sanchez. But yes. because yeah. Sanchez had that aesthetic, as he was the you know running about and chasing <clears> down <throat> players, stuff like that, it looks. Yeah. Like it. So that's what I'm saying. I just feel like, and once it yeah. once it gets in fans' heads, then they just want they just yeah, run with exactly. it, and they like I, I've heard it as well, Arsenal fans, when I've been. Mm. They just say, what's Ozil doing? What's Ozil Those doing? Exact like, words. Why is he throwing his gloves Those off? Exact why is he throwing his gloves off when he goes off the pitch? I'm like, if he walks off the pitch with a smile on his face, I'm, yeah, I'm not happy. Weird. Do you know what so I mean? He wants, he wants to play. He wants to play. And he runs more than <clears throat> other attackers. And everyone's like, well, he needs to be running around. I'm like, but there's players facilitated around him to do it. It's, it's literally, he doesn't it's have literally to. the whole idea of having a position on the pitch. If all these players were supposed to do every single role what would be the point of specialising yeah, in role exactly that's yeah so that's exactly. my kind of view and that's like, I think yeah. I think with the number 10 it's a lot to do with the way teams press yeah. nowadays mm-hmm. because if you look at Liverpool they don't they don't play for number 10 they play with Firmino as a mm-hmm. false nine to link the play to link midfield to attack same as uh, funny enough when Leicester won the league Okasaki uh, was that his yeah, name Okasaki yeah, he he would he was kind of like a second striker like a centre forward yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he would link midfield to attack like Deli Ali mm-hmm. that year, or maybe the year after when he he was a second striker and he would link midfield to attack. Mm. You know, with the way teams press now, they need everyone pressing. They need to press in threes and cover the passing lanes and all this sort of technical stuff. Like once, if the left winger does this, the right winger has to do this, or the cam has to do this. So you can't. In some formation, in some systems, you can't give someone free role. Know, like that's why yeah. Liverpool, that's why Coutinho struggled to get a free role in that Liverpool team. I don't think he really ever had a free role, which is what I would play. Coutinho yeah. In. Do you know what I would say about that? Maybe I'm obviously not a football manager, but one thing is that very season that was probably Özil's best season because the 15-16 mm-hmm. one because that he yeah. seemed to be like the only player in the Premier League that was just able just to spray all his part like him and had, Pyatt, that's yeah him yeah. And, exactly him and Pyatt stood out so yeah, yeah. like they didn't necessarily stand out and they often compared to each other actually but yeah it was were. just that it was just pure creation just like I'm gifted and I'm I'm gonna assist and make every everyone else in the team seem a lot better and I think now yeah. it's more of a team I obviously I completely understand how the team is important obviously you win together you lose together and like you're saying now, these teams are relentless in terms of fitness, so you need to get yeah. that one up against them effectively. But I just think having a free rock, having a free player in that pressing system, someone just to when the ball gets does get win back, instead of just lumping it forward and going for a counter or playing out onto the wing, that stuff only gets so like successful and easily and then just yeah. gradually gets more defendable. So having one player just to pick yeah. up a pass, have a bit of time on the ball their vision they don't even need like they don't need like 10 or yeah. a couple minutes to look at the ball they map images in their head and just 
giving it to them and just allowing them just so effortlessly just to spray it out to where it needs to be. I think I think yeah. that is the most. But linking it back to like young players, yeah. talking about a number 10 yeah. role, if you're like the guy, you don't have to mm. run. Managers aren't going to give young players that opportunity. Like that's why Phil Foden, like he's probably the prime example here. He wouldn't get that because there's so much pressure and like you've got to protect these young players. Yeah. It's easier for, to put them on the pitch and say, fit this criteria, run more than anybody mm. else. Like I know it's bringing it back to Arsenal again, but Joe Willard, yeah. right? He'll go. He'll get on the pitch and he'll just mm. run. He'll just run the whole game, and then everyone's like, "Well, he's running, so he's doing a lot of work. He should be given a chance." Which, when you get put in a number ten role, that's not your job. So then it looks like you're doing less, yeah, exactly. and then you should. managers just managers hardly ever give that responsibility to number tens. Which I think I get it because they need to protect the players. Because if it goes wrong, then for a young player, that's a lot to put on your shoulders. But if you've got the talent, like then why not give them yeah why not give them the responsibility yeah no I, I, I definitely hear where you both are coming from but again when I like I done it on my post and I, a part of me just came to that realisation that it's sad because obviously number 10 has always been my favourite position like it's, that's the creativity that's the art that's the everything yeah. but a part of me just kind of <clears throat> had that kind of slight realisation that football does evolve in it like before there was a number 10 yeah 100% there was 442 and there was yeah there was two strikers yeah and then way way back that's when they were doing three at the back when Beckham Bauer was doing the sweeper role Mm. all that type of stuff I feel like and then now it's obviously through the whip you know wingers fullbacks and false nines and everything so part of me just came to that slight realisation but I hate that it's come to this but I mean even you look at someone like De Bruyne people hail him as the best kind of cam playmaker but for some reason I feel like people don't actually watch De Bruyne because about 90% of the time he's out on that right hand side yeah, he starts centrally, but the yeah. guy will always shift up to the right. I feel like there's no, yeah, there's no tens in this game, and as you said, for any young players yeah. growing up, I mean, as I said, you kind of just got to adapt to the way football's going. But it's sad because we, yeah, like yeah. you said, it, it changes, it changes all the time. Like there'll be a time when number tens will be important again, and there'll be a time when everything's completely different. Yeah. Like formations always change. Like like you said, four four two. It used to be two strikers two wingers you've got to cross the ball and they'll win the header that that used to be obviously this is quite far yeah. back in the day but yeah. that's literally that was the the way that you would have to play football and now it's changed with all these different types of presses and possession based and defending you're right it will adapt it will always adapt definitely man definitely but um yeah we're not on a bit of a tangent there but you know that's what the that's what the podcast is here for but <laughs> those are our generational shouts um I don't think there's comments on Spotify. There ain't no comments on Spotify, but you know, be sure to join me a DM or leave a comment on the post about your thoughts on that. So we'll move on to the underrated players now. I'll let Alex go first. This, uh, yeah, Alex go first this time. Then, um, yeah. So these are just players who okay. ain't right rated highly enough, twenty three and under. You know, that's the criteria. So, so yeah, yeah. So I think I think there's like always underrated players like throughout. Every single league, every single year, there's someone that's underlooked. Like, this isn't my player, but someone like Declan Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone always Definitely. overlooks him. Like, I know quite a lot of West Ham fans, and they're always saying about Declan Rice and how he's better than X, Y, and Z players. But um, my player is, my first player is Takafusa Kubo, the guy who's out on loan, um, who's 
in La Liga last year was on loan to Mallorca. Yeah, Villarreal this year. <clears throat> and this year's on loan to Villarreal. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he plays for Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. I think he used to play for Barcelona, but he left the academy, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he was in um, yeah. La Masia and then he left. He went back to Japan. He's Japanese and um, Real Madrid signed him, what, 18 mm. months ago, maybe last summer. Yeah, something uh, like that. Um, two summers ago. <clears throat> so yeah, this season. Summer, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this season, he's only played nine games in La Liga. He's only got 100 and, uh, 172 minutes, which obviously isn't a lot. But when he's been given a chance in Europa League, he's been absolutely killing it. He got one goal and three assists in only three appearances. Mm. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Against um, one of the teams in that group, he got a goal and two assists and he was playing in uh, like a centre mid, attacking mid role. And they won 5-3. So he was literally a difference maker for them. Uh, I think I think he's like highly underrated. I think he needs to be given given a chance because once he... Once he gets game time and he can create and get goals and prove why he's a good player, Real Madrid. Yeah, be, I mean, I've seen, I've seen clips taking him back. of him, and it's like every time I watch this guy, he seems so quick and his dribbling ability is insane. Bro. Yeah, like that's the one thing I've definitely taken from him. But mm-hmm. obviously, I do need to watch him a bit more often. But yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I don't watch him week in week out, so I can't say that he one hundred percent deserves to be playing but when when he's getting two goals and one assist in one game from a, a central position when he's obviously quite a fast winger in my opinion I think he needs to be given a chance <clears throat> but Villarreal are doing quite well this yeah. season so Unai Emery he would have thought <laughs> yeah. but I mean if you I check know, the crazy. goal difference you know it's making sense I'm seeing what one goal difference yeah. or something like that makes so mm-hmm. much sense yeah they, they'll score <clears throat> yeah, don't get me this started. This guy will happily win a game 5-4 with his chest, like. 100%. Yeah. And then he'll lose three games in a row. Three yeah. You know, in a nutshell. But last season, last season in Liga, in La Liga, Kubo got um, four goals and five assists for a relegated Yeah, exactly. Side, That's what I was going to mention. Pretty impressive. He was yeah. like the... Bright spot. The only good... Yeah, he was literally the bright spot of their team. Like the yeah. only, The only player that could really create anything like if they had stayed up it would have been because of him obviously they I don't think they stayed up in the end I don't think he could quite do it but yeah I think I think he's really really underrated by a lot of people I don't think he gets and what how old is he 19 okay born in 2001 Mm. making us feel old yeah exactly exactly well Camavinga makes me feel really <laughs> old. <laughs> well, I'm seeing Jude Bellingham, born in 2003. That's my sister's age, bro. Yeah. That's my age. That's my age. Literally, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that's a good shout. That's a good shout still. Uh, we'll move on to Dave's shout. My shout is obviously coming a bit more into the limelight at the moment, but it is Shabozlai, Dominic Shabozlai, the Hungarian, who plays at Salzburg at the moment. Bola. Hopefully and somewhere else very what soon but <laughs> I obviously came across this guy <laughs> during lockdown a lot of a lot of like questions were asked like who's the next big thing AC Milan were going through their like rebuild <clears throat> Arsenal obviously were looking for a creative outlet and I did remember that Salzburg team that was like ripping up the or not ripping up but they were doing relatively well in the Champions League when Haaland yeah. was there 
and I was Champions League, yeah, against Liverpool. Exactly, yeah. and I was thinking like, obviously Holland is amazing. Like he he's a goal machine. I was thinking like, who else in this team is really? There was that Asian player, guy. I yeah. can't remember. Minute. Um, so Minute. No, 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 the yeah, other striker. What's his name? Yeah, there was one other. Uh, Juan yeah, yeah, Chan. Yeah. He's gone to uh, Leipzig, yeah. I believe. Yeah, he looked good. They were the four of them. But he yeah. does bits in my career mode as well. The one who did leave, <laughs> or I wouldn't say left behind, but the the one who is still there is obviously Shabozlai, and he's he's yeah. effectively kept that team afloat. Like every time I see him, he's pretty much assist. His assistant numbers is crazy. His goal scoring is obviously up there, and now I'm seeing like in in the in Europe especially, he's scoring big goals against. Um, Atletico Madrid the other day. I forgot the other team that they played where he scored yep. a beautiful goal just sort of outside the box. And of course, for his country, he's banging. Like, I think he scored almost he scored the three. qualification goal. Yeah, he scored the winner. Yeah, he got him. He got him. Yeah, he scored that winner last night. Um, the other day in the in the ninety minute, pretty much running through the whole team. But even even some of the games before this, even this year, he scored like the maddest free kick from like. It must have been 40 or 30 yards out and he scored a few free kicks as well and just even just yeah i think like yeah, all I mean, the videos i've seen you you're thinking like oh he's just a he's a goal scorer like numbers but his like control and like the amount of skills he pulls off the dribbling that he does like the space creation is, is insane yeah no like i've only taken him in this season yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I, I saw his name getting flown about last season, but he's someone I've never watched. I don't really check my Salzburg, only in the Champions League. Yeah. So I, I instantly yeah. just made that assumption that you know if he does bits or he does well, we're just going to see him at RB Leipzig. You know, they'll punch. That's how it works. Yeah. And then that's when I'll probably take my Leipzig. But he's still at Salzburg. He's still doing his thing. And you know, every time I watch this guy, it kind of gives me a lot of Grealish vibes. Mm. Like just that kind of left-handed yeah. side, but will drift in. And um, we'll obviously get involved in goals, get involved in assists, carry his team, be that creator, be that spark. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm seeing, what, a £23 million release clause? Obviously, if he keeps up his performances this season, what's that 15 goal of moments and 15 starts? Like, that's, that's obviously going to arise soon. Or he'll sign a new contract and then, boom, yeah. it'll be higher because that's the only way we can see it going. But I, I can definitely hear him as an underrated shout, obviously, Previous to yeah, the last I, couple of weeks, I really like Sabozla. Yeah. yeah, obviously, I feel like now and in the next couple of weeks, you'll slowly get that rating. So, like he's a, yeah. he's the under he's the underrated. Yeah, yeah. that's the closest to getting that ratings. See, yeah, once he got linked to Arsenal, what, as soon as he got linked to Arsenal, that's when everyone just started like looking at his numbers and realizing that he's actually a really good. Yeah, even player. even like but this Milan season, have been, they seem to have been really on him. I think they've they yeah. were on him seriously during the summer, but they got. I think they went with um, what's his name, Benacer instead. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, obviously another he's special he's mention. Cool. But I think Shabozlai, just his creative aspects is. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely underrated at the moment and coming into many people's mind at the time. Yeah, I really like um, RB Salzburg. I think they're really good at developing talents. Like you see, a lot of them just get sent straight to RB Leipzig. Like if you, you could name like 10, 15 players that have been successful from Salzburg and 
I think he's going to be another one. Like nine goals and fourteen assists. Yeah, last crazy numbers in twenty-seven games. I know it's the um, that was in the league in the Austrian Bundesliga. I know it's the Austrian Bundesliga, but they all seem mm. to perform when they go to Leipzig, like Upamecano and Haaland yeah. and all these. They players definitely make a step up. Sergio Mane as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely heard those shouts. Um, yeah, no, hopefully we'll see Shabazz like, you know, playing at the carpet with magic there. But you know, yeah. you know, with performances like this, I'm seeing what Real Madrid linked to him now. You know, yeah. like it's looking a yeah. bit tight competition wise now. Yeah. Probably should have struck while mm-hmm. the iron was hot earlier on. But um I'll move on with my shout. Now it's uh, Renato Sanchez now. Obviously, in the criteria we had for underrated young ballers, it had to be 23 years old or younger. Um, and this guy just about makes yeah. that criteria being a 23-year-old. But yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, Renato Sanchez broke out uh, with that Portugal squad and obviously the Benfica squad like prior to the Euros in that 2015-16 season. And um, yeah, he was meant to be the next big thing. There was so much talk around who's going to sign him. I see him around Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. I yeah. can't remember if they secured him before the Euros or after. I think it was after. But yeah, after that Euros performance. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah but during the Euros, I, I believe he played every single game. It was literally him, Pepe and Ronaldo as the key figures in yeah. that Portugal side. Because I feel like Crazy. that Portugal side wasn't really all that. It was just carried by three. It was carried by Spain. Basically yeah. Spain. You know, Ronaldo's yeah. the striker. Yeah. Sanchez as the midfielder. Pepe as the centre-back incredible spine which took them through really to the final and obviously they've gone on to win it yeah well they they got through on a lot of like extra time and penalties and all that sort of stuff didn't mm-hmm. they so it was really like like a a tough fighting team which I think Renato Sanchez was like the perfect player in the midfield for that yeah for that so much well. energy like in them I remember watching some of them like proper like deep into extra time he was still running about still like, yeah. creating yeah. and still being like a really bright spark and obviously, that inspiration in that mid- in the midfield for a team is so important, especially in knockout mm-hmm. games at that level. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you got to perform every single minute of every single yeah. game, and when it goes, like they went to extra time so much, you'd think they played like you you get fatigue mm-hmm. anyway playing that amount of in football, 90. even if it's just nine yeah. minutes, let alone one hundred and twenty at such a young age. Yeah, yeah. no, he was Mate, he was, was crazy. balling out. So then, um, obviously, he got that move to Bayern Munich. It did at the time feel like a bit too quick too soon but then it was a kind of thing where yeah. you know what make kind of player you might be able to adapt to him you but it's like it. we've seen it with like Joe Felix for example it's like sometimes it's not that easy to transition but eventually yeah. it will come but I think after it was yeah. I think he made his loan move to Swansea in the 2017-18 season so it was literally a thing of one season out. at Bayern Munich they weren't really feeling him. Yeah. They chucked him to Swansea. And obviously, Swansea was some... I don't know if you saw his recent quotes a couple of weeks ago. Did you see the quote? Yeah. yeah. I was about to he say He didn't that. want to go there. Like, literally. He was just chucked against his wall. Do you know that um, the manager, I uh, his name. He used to be buying assistant, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe that's... Uh, oh, yeah. That's why they got him. Yeah. I remember his name. I can't either, remember his yeah. name either. I, I can see his face as well. That's the giant thing. Yeah. But... Yeah, he used to be Bayern Munich assistant, so it was it was really an agent's kind of link thing because obviously, yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was it. So um, yeah, so that kind the of thing. Really... The thing is, I backed I backed Bayern Munich to get the best out of him. Like, I always backed same Bayern Munich. Where, if you look at what they did, Steinberg was getting a bit old at that time. He was like he was looking like the yeah. head to the throne. Really, did you think that midfield was a bit saturated though? 
Um, I can hear. I can hear that. To be honest, because for a young player to to get chances, yeah. maybe you're right. Yeah, there's a very big misconception that like because he quote unquote flopped at these two teams where he didn't really get a chance that he's like yeah. finished or something. I think yeah, I mean, it's good that you mentioned him now because there's been so many yeah. like scenarios like that. It was like um, we've seen like Tielemans, if you look at because obviously yeah, Erdogan as well. Like, yeah, him as well. Erdogan at 16 years old got signed by Real Madrid and everyone all of a sudden turned on him when he weren't performing because he's so young and was like he's terrible yeah. and now he's like he's back in the Real Madrid squad like first yeah. 11 and he's one of their strongest attacking players which I think it just shows that no matter who no matter how badly you perform when you're at such a young age you've got so many more years to, to get back yeah, on yeah, top like Renato that's what I'm saying um one player I personally like and I'm a big fan of is Callum Hudson Adoy. He done very well in his mm-hmm. bro- breakout season at 1890 season, especially in that Europa League round. Obviously, until he got injured. I'm I'm seeing loads of slander on his name and I get it. He signed the bumper contract. He had that injury. It hasn't really been the same type of player. Yeah. But I can see a lot of Callum Hudson Adoy in these situations with Tielemans on yeah. other guards and obviously Ronaldo Sanchez. And, you know, I, I believe. Hudson today is still only 20 years old. Like he's yeah. still extremely young. So yeah. either way would probably be best for him because I don't really see him in favour, in Lampard's favour right now. And I don't really feel like he Yeah, they've got a lot of good players. Yeah. Out but in the wide positions like Z. Yeah, I hear that, but it's like I've even seen times where like Lampard would start, and I know it's an ongoing meme and everything, but he would literally start Mason Mount out wide. Mason Mount, yeah. He's yeah, not yeah. naturally a winger. I agree. Instead of Hudson today. And I, yeah, so I just see lots of Hudson today in these situations, but um yeah, no, definitely. But then he gets so much criticism for stuff like his contract. And it's like, similar with transfer fees, it's not his fault that he got offered 100k a week. You know, or 120k a week, whatever it is. Like, he, he was a young player. Bayern Munich wanted yeah, him. Exactly. And I know we were saying that they, they didn't do well with the Renato Sanchez deal. But if you forget about that one, their transfers are almost always On point. Amazing. Like, they're scouting. Yeah. yeah. Well, huh? not necessarily. If he doesn't play, they'll definitely come back in for him. Oh, I, I hope so. I'd love to see him there. Something <clears> different. Different. And then they can sell Serge Nabry back to Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll be at Bale all over again. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So it's always when you, these players break out early, it's like you just you can't write them off so early. So obviously, since mm-hmm. his loan, loan spell to Swansea, obviously that didn't work out because it was never the right environment. Swansea got relegated that season, I believe. Like It was just so many things wrong with yeah. that transfer. But he managed to secure himself a permanent move to Lyon, uh, not at the end of that loan spell, but the year later in 2019. Because obviously, he went back to Bayern Munich. He was meant to have a little remontada, but nothing happened again. They didn't use him up. No. So um, he made his move to Lyon. And, I mean, Lille, sorry. Yeah. And yeah, ever since he joined them, he's been rejuvenated. Like what we're seeing with yeah. um what's my man called? Kamavinga. Yeah. Played every single not every single but played most of the games for Lille that season and played most of their games for them last season and really helped them propel to that um Champions League spot. Cause yeah. again, these are type of these are sides where obviously they do have little pedigrees behind them. They got a bit of history behind them, but you would not really associate your Lewis as of right now. Your Lewis, your standard Renes of Champions League qualifications. You'd more put no, that definitely in. Not. Yeah, like, I don't know definitely your Marseille. I mean, not really Marseille of recent, but Marseille or Lyon yeah, or his, like your history. Yeah. yeah, so it's like 
these players, young players, being very crucial in that midfield, both going forward and attack. And I think one yeah. performance which really stood out to me was a couple, I think it was about a week ago or two, uh, against AC Milan, where he dropped a man of the match performance. Like he was literally toying with yeah. the AC Milan midfield. And it just yeah. really shows that the ability was always there. Again, it's just environment, mm-hmm. opportunity. I feel like confidence, I've always said it, it football's about confidence more than it is about anything yeah, else, definitely. more than ability, more than anything. Because confidence can have an Irish player look amazing. It can yeah, have Jesse Lingard. Literally. <laughs> and it can have a very good player looking. I mean, as I said on one of my tweets, like that's a prime example of it. Like we can all banter mm-hmm. and everything, but his confidence in that 18-19 season was sky high. Like he, anything he touched turned to gold. Anything he done yeah. was turning to like he was literally scoring in semi-finals, uh, free kicks. Like a free kick. When does this guy ever score free kicks? It's like that's what confidence does oh, no. to you. And then now his confidence is rock low. Like he can't mm. do a single thing right. So confidence is extremely key in football, and you can see someone like Ronaldo Sanchez is thriving. Yeah, right now. Again, with that Ronaldo Sanchez performance against AC Milan. It's not the AC Milan we've been seeing the last few seasons. It looks like uh, they will probably the most AC Milan side. They will probably like the most the form side coming into that. Yeah, hundred percent. He like silenced them that whole, even the whole little team. Yeah, exactly. And little with their recruitment, I think they've been really good. Like you look at the likes of what's my man called Ossiemen. the director Ossiemen. of football. Oh, I can't remember his name. <sighs> I don't know fucking. I don't know Paul's name. I don't yeah. know his name. <laughs> Nah, we yeah, to... quickly look it up and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the, some of the players like Nicolas Pepe and what Aussie men and was it, well, I think we've got Gabriel from there as well. Like all these young players they've been bringing through. They've obviously seen mm. Renato Sanchez can Luis Campos. be rejuvenated. That was it. Yeah, well, yeah. he's been killing it. Yeah, probably one of the best in the game at what he does. And you see all the names he's been scouting up. Like Obviously, Renato Sanchez is just one of them, but it's just like, We've seen him do it at, with the Monaco side previously to that because I think that's where Luis Campos was at before. And I say I go as far as say that Monaco side would not have done anything near that they had done without his recruitment. No, look at all the players they got in. Like they got tore apart after they won the league. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So that's my underrated shout. Again, like I said previously with the generation shout, be sure to let us know in the comments below what you think of them. If you if you disagree, if you agree, we're here for it. But yep. has, uh, anyone, has anyone got any uh, like special mentions quickly before special we move mention. on to... I mean my special mention for, for, for been, My special mention would have been Odegaard, but it's like I had him down but I wasn't really gonna put him because I feel like he's not really underrated. He's kind of underrated, but he surely Football watchers, guys who actually keep up the game should know that Odegaard is back on his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he's Definitely. been back on his stuff for like this isn't just a one off season last season. He was doing his thing with Vitesse as well. So yeah. like yeah, I was I was gonna put him, but yeah, that would have been my shout. My other shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I would probably echo that maybe Valverde at Real Madrid. Shout. He's doing very yeah. good in the midfield at Ooh. the moment. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple. So I think Sandro Tonali, I think he was smashing it in Serie B and then came up and I know that pressure went down. Mm-hmm. But he's just like a metronome in that midfield. He's just pulling the strings and obviously we're talking about AC Milan, he he's gone there now and they've been amazing this season. You know, they I think they're 
top of the league. I think they're top yeah. of the league or they're yeah, up yeah, yeah. You know, like if you look at AC Milan over the last few years, I said it a couple of minutes ago, they've not been good. Like they've really, really struggled. Fallen and, giant. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and hopefully they're um, they're waking back up like a giant yeah, waking yeah. back up, and they're yeah. going to get back to challenging Juventus. But I think Sandro Tonali was a massive signing for them. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, I agree. Got any other shots or? Um, one more again in uh, Syria is probably Kulusevski at Juventus. Oh yeah, mm. he's been like I think he was on loan to Parma and he was playing really well for them and helped them finish relatively high. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone to Juventus and he, his numbers are, are pretty good in and he's played in a number of positions because I, I feel like Perlo doesn't quite know what he wants because he's been playing a three at the back, four at the back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Hyrule. played like Aaron Ramsey out wide as well. <laughs> yeah, like he's been playing people out of position. I just think like, why are you not playing Dybala instead of this guy or why are you playing this guy instead of him but I think Kulichevsky is one of the players that has shined through especially as I think he's he might be 22, 23 but I think he really have to watch out for him because if he's not getting opportunities then someone should take him someone should seriously take yeah. him number 44 I don't know why he wears that number yeah. such an odd number to pick but I can hear <laughs> that shot but um, so yeah, we'll move on to the Arsenal ballers, you know, players, yeah. viewers most likely haven't heard of. But we believe that it'll make it to the top. We are the guys who want to say we're ahead of the curve with these shouts. Yep. We were here so, first. Literally. <laughs> so without further ado, I'll let Dave go first this time. Yeah. And, uh, my, yeah. yeah. My one is, um, is a Lyon player. Let me get his name right. Ryan Cherky. He's a young midfielder of 17 years old and he plays attacking midfielder for Lyon, as we mentioned. And yeah, there's a lot of talk about, I think we're going to mention that, like Lyon's academy, I think Jay's going to mention that a bit later on. But this kid is just, from what I've seen watching Lyon, I was do, I was watching a lot of Lyon for Ua and Depay and all these guys and Cherky was lucky to be given like a lot of opportunities and he's really stepped up like, when I was mm. watching him, I did not realise he was 17, like, if anything, if anything, I thought he was, like, really at least 20, like, the mid, the maturity, yeah. and even, like, he doesn't, he obviously does look young, but the, on the ball, he looks young, he has, he has such, pers- I think he has such personality that he kind of, like, counteracts it, like, you think, yeah. I'm seeing what, I'm seeing a 17-year-old with a full-grown beard, yeah. all of that stuff, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's mad, it's mad. I thought he was at least the same age as even Ua and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, and the other guy they got in midfield. Kakri, I, I can't Kakri. remember his name. Like, yeah, Gu- that guy looks... Gu- Gumerez. Oh, yeah, oh, Gumerez. Yeah, new... 20, 22, 22 years old. You think he looks as good as someone like him on the ball, which is crazy considering he's literally yeah. four years younger, yeah. four or five years younger. Than yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, obviously with uh, Ryan Cherky, he was kind of, like, kind of known as... The next generational ball about um after Mbappe, like he's some people were yep. even saying he kind of clips Mbappe's level, which is a huge, mm-hmm. huge call. But you can kind of see signs of where such calls are coming from because, yeah, as I said, like I'm in love with this Leon side and how they run themselves of a club and obviously the type of yep. players they are producing. And I feel like Cherky, like he's he's going to the top, man. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a bit early to say though because we're judging off of um 
like not small appearances, but it's a small kind of token of appearances uh, in the first. Yeah, level. small sample yeah. size. But obviously, he done bits for the younger levels when he was coming up. So hopefully, this season we'll see him get more of a run, like a first team kind of uh, flow in that side, so mm. he can actually fulfil that kind of potential. Because I can, I, there's yeah. definitely a player there, definitely. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But um, I might as well go with my one because it is yeah. Leon Associated. So um, yeah, I was gonna go for names like obviously Cherky, Cherky, as you said. Uh, Bard at left back for Leon is a shot that I, I wanted to put through, and obviously Capri, Maximilian Capri in that midfield. But I feel like those are shouts where it's like they're not unknown. Like I want you to be unknown and say nobody knows of you. Yeah. And I feel like some people may have caught glimpses or grasped of them. Obviously, they've done bits in the, the Champions League last season and for Leon um, yeah. as of recent. But uh, my shout's going to be a former Leon player. I'm in Greery now. He came from Leon's academy. Um, you know, he's a Leon product and he just wasn't getting game time in that striker role. Um, I believe, obviously, Leon have been blessed with good strikers all over the gap. So it's like, it's hard for him to get into that. So it's slightly understandable, but he believed he deserved that first team opportunity, which is understandable. If you believe in your ability, do your stuff elsewhere, make your name there. So, 100%. 100%. Yeah, so literally, he was always a guy with huge potential. Always got a bags of goals for France at youth level, including 20 goals in 15 games at the under 17 level. Like, he was always rated highly. He was doing the goods, but he just needed that opportunity, really. You know, he possesses everything you want in strike up. I haven't actually taken down how tall he is, but on the pitch, he looks like a good, like, 6 2, 6 3 player. You know, for Tom. <laughs> crazy. I think he even scored against Leon on his day. I mean, on his debut. I think I heard something like that in a 1 0 win or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, nah, he's tall, he's dominant, um, but he's quite fairly quick for someone of his height. You know, when you get these tall players, like I look at someone like um, Erling Haaland, for example, there's no, re- mm. there's no reason for him to be as quick and athletic as he is. Literally, he looks, he's like a truck. That makes no a sense. Very fast truck, a very, very fast truck. <laughs> Literally. So, someone like Amin Greary, I want to put him on Haaland's level, like for pace in um, comparison to his height, but I'd say. You know, he's quite he's more quicker than he should be for his high and stuff like that. He possesses very good flair. Yeah. From all the highlights I've seen of him and um in-game action, he saw only likes to have a little trick, does a little flick here and links up very well with anyone around him. Obviously, he's, he can even like play out wide as a left winger. For someone again, as I said, someone of his height and his stature, you wouldn't really put players like him out wide, but it kind of just shows the type of versatility that Amin Greary offers. But obviously, we'll move on to yeah. what he's done so far. Obviously, he left Leon this year, um, got his permanent £7 million move to OGC Nice um, in League mm-hmm. 1. Patrick Vieira's niece. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's doing bits there. Like, um, let's get out of the stats. He has nine goal involvements in 11 starts so far, six goals, three assists, including three goals in three games in the Europa League where he kind of announced himself Jesus. really... Yeah, and then um, yeah, he's heavily involved in the chance creations, goals, goal involvement every 111 minutes, and he's only 20 years old, as I said. So I feel like there's a lot of potential with this guy, and no one in this game is talking about him. But I feel like hopefully this is the season he makes a name for himself, keeps it going, and he'll be the next big France striker. Yeah, because I don't see no reason why he can't be. But yeah, that's that's my shot as the unknown baller. Right now, good shout, good shout. But yeah, we'll move on to Alex in the shot. 
So my unknown player is um, someone in the championship who plays for Watford. His name's João Pedro. So he's Brazilian. Yes. Some people might have maybe heard of him, but I feel like nobody really talks about him. And in the in the grand scheme of things, people, if you say, who does João Pedro play for? They'll probably say, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, so I think, Ooh, I think he's, a, he's a pretty good... He's a, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's got a bit of a Portuguese sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it's uh, Brazilian, isn't it? They speak yeah. Portuguese. Yeah. So he, he's a centre-forward. Um, he didn't really get any many opportunities in the Premier League last season before Watford got relegated. But in the Championship, he scored on his debut. So he was on the bench for the first game. Mm. And then he played against Stoke and got a goal in a in a 1-0, uh, a 3-2 win. So he cold, got, rainy night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He can do it in a cold, rainy Tuesday night in Stoke. Mm. So, you know, he got four goals this season in a, how many? Ten championship appearances, which is quite good. Obviously, championships are physical league and you wouldn't expect like a flary Brazilian player to be able to do it there. Mm. So I just hope that he gets a move to the Premier League because I think he's going to be yeah, you know, player. Like, I love... Go on. Every season, like you have those kind of—I wouldn't say cult heroes—but you have that player in a championship, which yeah. they came uh-huh. from a European league, and you're thinking there's no reason why this player should be here, but they're doing it, yeah. and they're doing very well. Here, we had Ben Rama last season. Obviously, mm-hmm. had adults throughout a couple of seasons ago, and there's always that player in the yeah. championship. To be fair, I say the championships looking extremely exciting this year. Like there's yeah. players, ballers all across the park. I Obviously, think it's one of the best, one of the best places for a young player to go. Literally, well, like it's yeah. obviously it's been having that kind of perception as the championships, the, the league where you toughen up and everything like that. Yeah. But I feel like we're actually seeing a lot more technical ability. Yeah, come it's really flary now. It's really flary now. If you look I mean, at the Norwich side, the players that come through that, like mm-hmm. Emmy Buendia and Todd Cantwell, like they're so much flair. Like one player I was going to put through to this as an unknown one is uh, I don't know his first name, but it's Elise from Reading doing yeah. very well. I believe. Last time I checked, Reading were top of the championship. I don't know if they're still there. Yeah, they were. And then they, they lost to some team. I can't remember. But yeah, they were top when I seen as well. Yeah. But I like they're still like in and around that, that area. It's like Elise's being the key part of all of that. You know, being mm. a kind of playmaker in that side. And obviously, he's only 18 years old. So hopefully, if Reading do get promoted, I'd like to see more. I mean, if, even if they don't get yeah. promoted, I'd like to see Elise more in the uh, Premier League. Obviously, your initial shout, Jao Pedro trying to see him in the, the Premier League as well come next season. Yeah, 100%. He was, and he what, was how cool. old is he? Uh, 19, 19 years old. Yeah. He was 19 in September, so he's, he's still got quite a while until, he, until he's out of his teens. But yeah, he was signed from Fluminense um, for only like 3 million, I think. And they they snapped him up really quick. Like I think he'd only played a couple games, got one or two goals. They signed him up and then he started scoring quite a few. And then his value went up to like 15 million. Mm. You know, it's something yeah. something crazy like that. And all the teams were trying to like trying to get him, but he'd already signed for Watford and um, to go for the next January. So he joined them, didn't really get a lot of chances, stuck with them. I was surprised he stuck with them. I thought he was going to leave when they got relegated. Yeah, same. He stuck with them, got his chances. And he's. I think he's proven why he is a good championship level striker. And in a couple of years... I think you could see him maybe on the same level of someone like Richarlison, obviously. Similar, yeah, I'm getting, similar I'm getting path. proper vibes from yeah. Similar path, like obviously. Watford are really, Watford like to do that. They get a lot of talents from around. 
Like they had Richarlison, who they bought in, and they had a guy, uh, Luca Bacchio, who you've probably heard of. Yeah. He was he was on their books, and then I think he went to her for Berlin, and he's he's been killing uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf on loan, mm. and now he's at her to Berlin. So I really like the business they've been doing. I think João Pedro will shine in this team. Definitely, definitely, I can definitely hear that shout. So um, yeah, any special mentions for um, kind of any other players? Unknown players that um, are doing it right now. I think I think that's all I I think I agreed with the players that you said. I mean I would I say one one I've one note I had um his name is Catalin Sergian, he plays for Arsenal's Academy. He's not really he's been oh, training the Romanian one. quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's been training with the first team quite a lot, but he follows he, me. He's a baller, Does yeah. He? That's that's my little flex. That's my little yeah, flex, man. That is yeah. it. That is it. To my, you, my, my flex is uh, following Balogun liked one of my posts about him and then I oh, liked wow. it, but, you know, I got the screenshot. I mean, yeah. they will count. They will count. Yeah, exactly. I got the screenshot somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, one guy I want to give a shout out to you, but he's 24 years old, but I feel like it's just worth a mention, isn't it? Yeah. Um. He turned 24 in March time, so he's been 24 for a while. But you know, yeah. we'll, we'll make a little exception. Yeah, Ivan Tony for Brentford. Brentford. Yeah. Now he's someone I kept an eye on during his Peterborough days last season. Mm-hmm. Cold, cold striker. You know, like he was. I think behind Ollie Watkins has like the most goal scored across the whole of the top four divisions in England. Um, yeah, you know, and he won the Golden Boot. Yeah. He won the Golden Boot for Peterborough in League One. He obviously won that Player of the Season, I believe, for them as well. Like he was killing it, and you know, a move to the top or the higher league, should I say, was inevitable. And um, he's joined Brentford, you know, replacing Ollie Watkins. He obviously moved higher up to Aston Villa, and it just yeah. feels like Ollie Watkins didn't leave because it's like this guy's still banging in the goals left, right, and centre. Already got mm-hmm. double digits in what I think it's ten goals in ten games this season so far. So. You know, crazy. I was. I just oh, want to give a shout out to him again. Another championship product. Yeah, I hope Brentford big... get promoted. I hope Brentford get promoted because the young players that they've been bringing through are on another level. Like yeah, literally. Ben and been... Josh De Silva in the yeah. midfield. Yeah, exactly. Former Arsenal Arsenal product. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I hope they get promoted. The thing, the thing I have to worry about Brentford is that I feel like let's just hope. But I feel like they've, they're slowly developing. They've probably taken that the back or the bottling back off of Leeds. Mm-hmm. Now Leeds have got promoted. And I feel like yeah. Brentford, they're just giving me vibes that they just might be that team who will just do bits, then bottle it when it comes to that crucial part. Mm, I yeah. hope not, because I, w- I would like to see Brentford in the Premier League. You know, they played some excellent football last season. Obviously, they lost a lot of their players last season, but they're still maintaining it this season so far. So, um, not to the level of last season, but you know, you can still see the basis there. So I would like to yeah. see Brentford come up really. Yeah. But um yeah, that would have been my only other shout again, but he's twenty four years old. Yeah. But cool. um unless we don't have any more, uh we might as well move on to the third section, which is the best football academies across the world. You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty self explanatory. So um I think I might go first. Cool. I might go first in this one to be honest. Let's switch it up. Um, let me just get my notes up real quick. Mm-mm-mm. 
yeah, there's well, loads my, my of decision. teams that we can mention. Loads and yeah. loads of teams we can mention here. But we've so obviously got many. one each. And then we'll, we'll probably give a couple shout-outs to some other teams afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got my special mentions ready for one academy. But we'll, we'll go with my actual selection, which is Lyonnais, Olympique Lyonnais of France. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like, to call it the best academy, I don't know if it takes, like, the crown, but it's 100% up there. And in the last mm-hmm. 10 years, you could say, last 10, 15 years, it has a strong argument to be the best academy in the world. You know, some of the players that they produce, you're seeing them kill it across Europe. But Definitely. you don't know that they actually came from Leo's Academy. You can probably make a whole start and excel um, of all the academy products killing it right now. Like, yeah. um, special mention to obviously the famous one, Karim Benzema. Mm-hmm. You know, he came from there, he broke out there, obviously secured his move to Real Madrid has become one of Real Madrid's greatest ever players. Uh, Tolisso, when he broke out, he was looking like a very good player for Lyonnais. Obviously, again, another player who hasn't really been given his opportunity at Bayern Munich. But shout out to him either way. Alexandre Lacazette, again, another player who, as of recent, gone into a bit of poor form. But when he had that amazing season in 18-19, another player, obviously, as of recent time, we're seeing names like Hossam the probably the most sought-after player player in Europe right now. Young player, should I say, mm-hmm. in Europe right now. I can't think of a more sought-after player than him right now. You know, he's killing it for Lyon last season, done well for the French under-21s as well in uh, the Euros last summer, I believe. And then, um, yeah, last season we saw many of their academy products like killing it in the Champions League. Obviously, Maximin Kakre uh, in the midfield, pulling the strings for them. And um, obviously, Hossenwa, as I've mentioned. Um, but if you're looking at the future now for Lyonnais, as I said, players like um, Ryan Cherky, who hopefully, as I said, will get more game time in that Leon side. Uh, Bard at left back is a shout, which I feel like people should keep an, keep an eye on him. You know, I feel like there's a, definitely a player there who can get to be one of the best left backs in the game. Yeah. But again, we need more. Obviously, he's, he's now getting more game time this season. So hopefully he can maintain that consistency and mm-hmm. probably make a name for himself. Some other shout outs to some previous players who broke out from that Lyon Academy is, you know, Anthony Martial, who obviously, again, another player. I feel like all these names I'm mentioning are, they're either not getting the game time this season or yeah. just got up to a poor start this season. But <laughs> yeah, prior yeah. to this season, Martial was very productive last season, done bits for United. You know, he was a big reason why, because that, that, we've said this many times about Man United, they only really get their success from individual brilliance. And yeah, someone like Anthony Martial was a big reason his individual brilliance consistently came last season. Obviously, I feel like that was a big reason why they managed to secure that Champions League spot last season. Yeah. Uh, no, another name is obviously Nabil Fakir. Done bits for them as well. Yeah. And um, obviously, there's the streets won't forget Prince. Yeah, mm-hmm. the streets won't forget Ambassador. Hatton Ben Arthur. <laughs> the guy. The guy that started Streets Won't Forget. <laughs> There's no Streets Won't Forget without Hatton Ben Arthur. No. But yeah, that's my shout. You know, like, and I feel like a big shout has to go to the um, president, Aulas. Yeah. The way he set up a kind of scouting region within the Leon area. Um, he kind of, his model is kind of like, he would rather invest in the future, sell them on 
and then invest in the future even more. Yeah. And sell them one. Because I feel like, I, I believe he built up like uh, 30 million pounds um, training center for all the young youth players coming in yeah. in that Lyon region. They've made 350 million pounds from all their academy products since 2009, which I believe is actually stuff. the most. Maybe maybe Benfica, but then they buy more players in, so maybe you're right. Yeah, plus like someone like Jao Felix probably took up yeah, uh, yeah, third of that sound. True. But yeah, no. A study in um, 2018 showed that Leonese were the second most prolific ac- club academy, only falling short to Real Madrid. So really? yeah, that's kind of all the that's yeah, literally that's the, the statistical side of it. But um, yeah, that's my shout. Yeah, I think that's a great Leonese. shout. I think that's I think that's a great Incredible. shout that people wouldn't have necessarily thought of. Obviously, we spoke about it earlier, but yeah, people probably yeah. wouldn't put that in, put them in the conversation. But when you yeah, actually like, look into the numbers and the players, I think they've got to be up there. Definitely, like people, I feel like people would have known Leon had a couple ballers here and there, but I don't feel like people have actually taken in the level of their club academy. Like yeah. as I said, last ten years, last fifteen years, they're arguably up there as the very best. Like. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. yeah, that's that's my chance. Um, we'll let Alex go next. Okay, with mine, um, I think there's a, there's a lot of options, and obviously we'll quickly. We'll really briefly run through the ones that don't quite make it, but mine has to be Barcelona and uh, La Masia. I can't see another academy which is set up in a better way and produces better talents. Like they produced the GOAT, the best player of all time. He came through uh, La Masia uh, in Lionel Messi. And if you look at the Barcelona golden generation, Incredible. I think at one point, I think at one point they fielded a whole 11 of. The Masia graduates, you know. Yeah. Xavi, Iniesta, like yeah, those two. Exactly. They're actually generational midfielders. At. Obviously, people yeah, regard best, them best highly, at the time. But I feel like they're genuinely generational. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and before that, level. before that, it's the midfielders like uh, Mikel Arteta, and even before that, Pep Guardiola. Like, mm. he's some of the best. Like, Mikel Arteta couldn't get in the Spain team because <laughs> the likes of Xavi and Iniesta, you know. Yeah. So. It's these, and these you look in players. defense as well. Carlos Puyol. Puyol's probably my favorite centre back of Same. of all time. Literally. Like the way that, like the way that on a pitch, if you're long or, or you're not, a, you're not focusing, yeah. If you're not captain. focusing on the game, he'll come over to you and he'll make you focus. And if you're stood next to Puyol, you you don't want to step a foot wrong. You Plus, know, on he, the he ball, gets the best out of you. On the ball, I feel like he's a very underrated defender. Yeah, definitely. There was some mad stat about Puyol, like he didn't have a trophy until he was 27. Yeah, and literally. And then he retired with like 30 oh, or something like that. I feel like... <laughs> Ridiculous. That's why I always talk about that 2006 Champions League final. That was mm-hmm. key for both sides. I feel like if Barcelona lost yeah. that and Arsenal won that, I feel like Arsenal genuinely could have really put themselves as an elite club. Uh-huh, but obviously that, that Champions League win was what sparked off the Barcelona we all know and love. Like obviously, Ronaldinho was doing his thing there, but... That was what sparked it off. And yeah, they yeah. went trophies, uh, trophies on. Yeah. I watched the highlights of that game literally. I've watched it so ago. much times. When you put, I think you posted about what's the biggest heartbreak. And I watched the highlights yeah. again. And it just made me. Um, that game. Like, but it's. Every time I think about a game, like, I don't know how I feel so kind of heartbroken when I watch it when I wasn't even there. I know. Uh, I wasn't even keeping up with football at that time. I hardly but remember it. But... I feel like I was literally there watching it live every time I watched these highlights because 
mm-hmm. just hit so deep because again like i'm not again we're not trying to make this an arsenal podcast but i just feel <laughs> like you know samuel eto was you know offside you know <laughs> manual flipping almunia Nah, he's, oh, he's such a bad keeper. I, I, I don't despise many players, but he's one guy I just hate. Yeah, and he, yeah. he, he was on like from early that blonde streak in his hair. Like, <laughs> like ballers. If you do a blonde streak in your hair, you have to. Yeah, you your form has to improve. Do you know what really hurts about that goal? I feel like if he just kept his legs open, it didn't even feel oh. like it was a shot on target. Yeah, I feel like that might as well be an Almunia own goal. Yeah. Pain, pain, pain. But yeah, no, that yeah. Champions League final definitely sparked that whole generation for Spain and obviously that Barcelona side. Yeah, like going through the players, there's like Pedro, who he's not, he's never underrated. Right, Pedro's like the always the the bridesmaid, never the bride, ain't he? He's the kind of he's yeah. the guy that's like he's always there to make the other players look better, similar to what Benzema done for Ronaldo. You yeah. know, just he's. I think he's really a great player. Yeah, exactly. And then you got like Victor Valdez in goal and mm. Cesc Fabregas in midfield and the centre backs like Puyol, PK and Xavi, Iniesta, Mikel Arteta. Like all these names, you could just go on forever and ever and ever. And yeah. I think if you're a young player and you get asked like, "What's your dream club to play for?" Barcelona is probably up there. And the way that they run it, I think it's like the togetherness that. You don't see from most other academies. I, I really, yeah. I mean, I really it's quite sad the way they do it. I see it's quite sad what's happening with Barcelona now because you're seeing yeah. players like Ricky Puig, if I pronounce his name right. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Players yeah. like him and a couple other academy products who are just other than obviously the famous Ansu Fati. Mm-hmm. I'm not really seeing much of them really get embedded no. as they were previously. Yeah, they've they've kind of tried to take like a Galactico approach, haven't they? With yeah, it's not the same Barcelona we, we know now. Right? But I, lo- I grew up loving Barcelona, but obviously other than beating us in the final, but grew up loving yeah. Barcelona. and mm-hmm. Just because of the way, you have to admire them, like, the way they played their football. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I could definitely hear the Barcelona shout, like, regardless of what opinions anyone picked. That Barcelona side when they had their peaks, yeah. I don't think anyone's topped their peak. And then throughout, I mean, you, Ajax can maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you look at throughout time as well, like they're still doing it now with Fatty and all these yeah. players that aren't being given a chance, like oh Pedri who has been given the chance, but Puig and Carlos Perez, I think that's his name. And you got in the past, like obviously Pep Guardiola and all these players. I think with Leon, it's a good shout, but in the past were they doing it? Maybe not. And Seems yeah, like no, Chelsea, I don't know, back in the day, like they weren't, they haven't got the history. I mean, I've, you know. I've got a, a separate shout, but I'll leave it till yeah. after Dave has given it. So, use your shout. Um, my shout is probably the club known for their academy, most particular is Ajax. This, this, this academy just seems like every every single generation you can think of, they seem to have like. At least five players yeah, at the very top, top, top level. Even going back to like the Burkamps of the world. Mm. Now to you're seeing the Ligt going for. You know, the thing I like about Ajax's academy, like we we're saying about Barcelona's and even Leon's, is that it's not. It doesn't seem as. They don't been, rinse out their players. They yeah. don't squeeze every bit. They make these players 
to go and take the world by storm. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a it's like a big like platform that they offer. Them. Yeah, hundred percent. And they take they probably take pride in not not necessarily the money. I suppose the money they probably look at the money as like now we've got seventy extra million pounds or to put whatever back kind, into the hundred percent. But they would be happy to see um um what's his name? Delict or Dion go to like the best teams in the world and be in the Champions League and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's why I probably that's why I probably like Ajax because I feel like there's just a genuine feel with that club. Yeah, like and that club only. Like you can just genuinely see the happiness Uh that I don't know maybe in the tweets or some of the fans across the world. Like they're genuinely happy to see their players doing that pass. Yeah, I agree. I hundred percent agree because when uh, I think. Yeah, last summer I went to the Ajax Stadium and we done a stadium tour, me and my mate, oh, wow. which was crazy. Like, mm. and we done Borussia Dortmund. We done Borussia Dortmund as well, which was insane. What did you go to a Dortmund game? No, it was in the summer, oh. so there wasn't any on. But we went on a stadium oh, yeah. tour yeah. in the yellow wall. Oh my god, it was! It's just I couldn't even imagine if there was thousands of people there. It I was, need to go to a Dortmund game. I, mean, to see that, that I need to go. I need to go. But. Anyway, going back to Ajax, yeah. the, one of the guys that was there when we were doing our stadium tour, it was around the time when Ziyech was linked to Arsenal. And he, some guy told us, he was like, yeah, no, he turned down Sevilla. Sevilla made an offer and he turned them down because he wants to be a big club. And you could tell that they were being really genuine with that, like, delict going to Juventus. Like, they, were, they wanted him to go and do well, like you were saying. Yeah. Like, in the whole club, it was just a feel of, yeah, we want this guy to go and be another another legend of the Ajax Academy. 100%. Like, even just, awesome. negative, even just, they can use them as, like, inspirations and in yeah. case studies for the kids that are there and the, mm-hmm. obviously not, yeah, the, obviously some of the grown old ones as well. Yeah. And, yeah, even, just even going back a bit, Ericsson, Alderweireld, Dolberg, who didn't have the best of times in Nice, funny enough. Yeah, but even like Daily Blind, but some of the younger ones like I mean, Van you can go Van way way back. I mean, obviously you mentioned Dennis Bergkamp. Obviously, Johan mm-hmm. Cruyff is the famous one. Yeah, yeah. Van Cruyff but I mean, you can even put yeah, like you can literally even put someone like Marco Van Basten. Although mm-hmm. I, what I would say with Van Basten is he didn't actually come from the academy, but he was kind of signed right before he was yeah like getting that professional contract yeah, and he kind of made himself there. So I think they've shot. done they've done similar stuff with like. Like Ziyech, he was obviously yeah. not born like, in, but they kind of they kind of like accustom them to that type of like, yeah, I believe say the culture, yeah, say it off, Davids, yeah, these are all big ballers who came from Ajax. I think when it comes, I think all of our shouts are actually very good shouts. I feel like they're all good in their own way. Cause I feel like. With Ajax, if we're talking about long-term history, if we're talking about mm. who's been the very best when they've had that good period, it's Barcelona. And I, as I said, my shout would be in the last couple, couple like ten years. Yeah, last yeah, decade. Yeah, yeah. So the I reason I probably the reason I probably shots. give it to Ajax is because yeah. Barcelona are like built off of like Johan Cruyff's legacy, which yeah, came yeah. from Ajax. So like. The whole Barcelona ethos is very much Dutch, in my yeah. opinion. Like, I think a lot of it is really like stemmed from Dutch football and Ajax's style. Even which, like Ronald Koeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, even Frank Rijkaard and all these players. So that's probably why I'd say Ajax take it because 
yeah, definitely. Barcelona is kind of inspired by Ajax. But yeah, I definitely agree with what you said, Jay. They've all but, got their own merits. Yeah, I mean, I was going to go into my kind of backup shot. Yeah. The only thing with this one is I haven't got much names to me on hand to back up my points. But I feel like PSG's academy is not the best, but he deserves a little shot at the underrated academy. I say it's underrated because of yeah. the way PSG are. They only buy They don't give them chances, yeah. Literally. You're seeing names like... I don't know, the one, the only name which really comes to my mind right now is Matteo Gondesi. He came from their academy. Yeah. Oh, wow. and, um, who's yeah. the guy at, at Leipzig? French attack in Kunku. In Kunku, yeah. He, he was. He's really good for. He was picked up for pretty cheap. Um, they got like Dagbar. Uh, is it Baker at left back? Like they've got quite a few players yeah. that they're bringing in, and maybe yeah, they've got like they're starting to get some chances. Kunasi, who's at um, yeah. Bayern Munich now. Uh, um, I, is it I Chiche? Yeah. He was a, he's a baller. He, yeah. He, I mean, Senetian in themselves, mm. slight underrated shot, but they haven't really got much names behind them yet. Yeah. I'd say my kind of side one as well would be either Chelsea or Benfica. I think they're both. Benfica's like, a shot. Well, I think Benfica. More so buying and selling, if that yeah. like integrating into the first team young players, not necessarily academy players, yeah. like the players that they've got through the door and then sold for crazy fees. Like <clears throat> the amount of money they've made, it's it's ridiculous. But then with Chelsea, like you can't argue with the amount of quality they've had. Like they had like forty players out on loan, all of which yeah. are good enough to make it at a decent professional level. You know, like. And it looks like they're coming through now with Frank Lampard, which is something yeah. that's really good for English football, I think. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about recent times now, I'm seeing Man City's ones looking quite promising. Like, if we're talking about yeah, like Man- last year or two. Yeah, Man City like to, kind of similar to how Chelsea used to do it, they're like buying a lot of young players from Other all over the country. Yeah. All over the... And yeah, and, and like internationally. They're bringing them in. Their network. Yeah. And they're giving. I mean, Man City are literally. I swear they've got like, um, what's it? I saw something so crazy, where like there was a player who played for you know obviously Man City got Man City, Melbourne City, New York City, yeah. and yeah, 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 another yeah. city. One of them, York, there was a player from one of them. He wanted to leave, and instead of him like leaving to go to a normal club, he had a decision to just pick between one of the cities. And it's really? like it's so crazy how they've literally just built like a little empire. And they could yeah. just that's what it is exchange. similar to like the Red Bull yeah Empire. exactly like yeah. Leipzig um, Salzburg and they've got one in um, Africa and they've also actually they've just teamed up with Goa in uh, India mm. they've oh. just had a partnership I seen that the other day which was really interesting to me so yeah. actually everyone keep an eye on young Indian players because young Asian players often don't get given the chances because similar to like the physicality thing I think you'll start to see the Indians uh, Premier League really start to grow under this new partnership. And once one Indian player breaks out, I yeah. think you'll really start to see like a, a really strong, a strong squad yeah. because they've got so many, like they've got such a big population. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think that'll be, I think that'll be really interesting definitely to see so how, that, how that works out. I'll keep my eye out for them. But um, yeah, no. What has anyone else got any? Other academies they've got on their mind. 
No, not off the top of my head. That's the ones that I had. Yeah, same, to be honest. But, uh, mm. yeah, no, nah, so we'll move on to a little last section. Probably take out the last 10 minutes of this. Uh, a lonely watch, you know, players, young players specifically, who are doing bits out on loan right now. And we're just going to shed some light on them. So I'll let Alex go first on this one. And um, Okay, so yeah. my probably the strongest one for me is... Matteo Guendouzi and I know it's Arsenal linked again but let's just ignore his Arsenal side because we'll probably end up getting sidetracked <laughs> about Arsenal and all that but um, oh, I can already see the comments yep yeah. <laughs> um, Hertha Berlin I think he's been excellent he had a really good game the other day against a pretty strong team I can't remember who it was but he played really well he seems to have a good partnership with a few of the players at the club and I think Matteo Guendouzi I think he's really one of the strongest young midfielders in Europe so mm. really keep an eye out on him because he if he doesn't come back to Arsenal I think there'll be a bargain for whoever gets him because he's quality he's really yeah like top, the potential's always potential's always been there but, uh-huh. um, obviously 100%. I feel like I don't feel like it's an attitude issue with him I just feel like he's a young player who kind of just has his moments in him yeah I feel like he's yeah. a, a genuine like Good player there and good attitude there. It's just I agree. Little moments. I think I think you just need to get it, get it like out of him. Just stop him from having those like like against Brighton. I personally don't think there was much wrong with what happened at Brighton, but I think yeah. it's the fact that he refused to apologise. Maybe the stubbornness, like young, yeah, 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 young French. Like I've made it. I'm playing for I'm playing um, for Arsenal. Like for for French players, Arsenal's such a prestigious club. You know. Yeah, literally. He was definitely made an example of as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he was kind of used as like a, a scapegoat by yeah. Arteta. And yeah. I, I really hope that he gets given a chance next next year. Definitely. Um, I've got a shout here who's uh, come back to my attention. So, Angel Gomez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blow a Vista. On loan Is he on loan? Is he on... Yeah. Oh, from Lil. Yeah, Lil bought him, didn't they? Yeah. Uh... Then they loaned him out like instantly. But obviously, he's been doing bits for them. You know, I believe it's it. three man of the match performances already. Um, yeah. I believe he done. I think he might have got another man of the match the other day. Yeah, I, I think he did. Yeah, I think so he did. Like, I think I've seen it recently. Got a good, got very good goal. Yeah, so literally every single game, this guy's killing it. You know, he's got. I mean, obviously, from the notes I wrote down previously to that game, he had two goals and four assists. But I believe in four starts. But I believe obviously he was involved in another goal the other day. But it just yeah, shows I think he's got that another that, goal and assist. Yeah, but like he's just been killing it for for Vista. Obviously, some people say it's only the Portuguese league, and there's not too much you could take from that. But I feel like you can actually see there's a player there. There's always been a player there, whether it's mm-hmm. being at his youth ranks and stuff like that, or if it's the England in the under seventeen uh, World Cup. So it's like yeah. the, the ability's always been there with this guy. It was just opportunity, and you know he wasn't getting enough of an opportunity. That's why he rejected that contract. Like. If he yeah. was given opportunities, yeah, I feel like he definitely would have signed that contract extension at United. But... And you can tell that he's eager to play because he's gone out on loan. Like, it's really easy to... Because, like you say, Portuguese league isn't regarded as an amazing league. He could easily have just said, no, I want to stay at Lille because they've got somewhat respectful... Competition and stuff Compet- like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he's taken his chances and I think That's United good. are going to live to regret it because he, he does look like a really good talent. And he's another one of those players where it's just like... They have a short appearance, you know. Obviously, I believe he's like five foot four, five foot five. So yeah. they're quite small on the field, and the English culture would just assume that he's just not going to make it here. And it's like, mm-hmm. we, again, we need to knock that out. Like, 
if the player's exactly. good, they're good. It's the all about ability. Good. Yeah. And I but look like, at in Spain. In Spain, it doesn't matter about height. Like you get five foot three players who just dance around every single person on the pitch. Like in England, someone will just take his ankles out because that's what you get told in academy games. You get told to just take out the talented player, and then it just gets like. I mean, you look at that Barcelona side, the best Barcelona side we've seen, like, you had players like Messi, Xavi wasn't the tallest, Iniesta, no. but these guys will play rings around you. Yeah, exactly. I feel like only um, Sergio Busquets was the out-and-out. Obviously, you got PK. I feel like even someone like Carlos Puyo for centre-back wasn't yeah, exactly the tallest. So mm-hmm. it's like, high, it's not, it shouldn't really be a uh, barometer for a good player or not good player. So, Feel like exactly. United definitely laps there, and you know he's doing bits on loan at both Vista. And, you know, hopefully he can keep up this form, and then um, go back to Lille, where obviously, as I said, they're building a little side on their own. Hopefully, we can see the link up between Sanchez and Angel Gomez. I feel like that'll be a very exciting link up yeah, come next season. Definitely. But yeah, that's my shout for the long watch. Have you got anyone, Dave? Um, do you know I just remembered? Obviously, this season was quite hard to make big transfers but I just remember that Moise Keane's on loan to PSG I thought oh, yeah. and he looks like really rejuvenated just um, he just looks confident again like he did out when he was like Juventus that towards yeah. the end of the season there, w- there was a quote he said recently I think it was in the last couple of days it was about how it's like a young competitive squad like they're they're all winners and he's been accepted into the team and he feels yeah. welcomed, which is obviously something that he thinks didn't happen at Everton. So, yeah, yeah. literally, got that's a great show. You always come back to that game against United or Old Trafford. No. Yeah. I got I subbed on. Yeah. And subbed off. Unreal. And that like, walk that he did to the change room was... Uh, and then, and when he made that walk, I was just thinking of that very first video when he signed and they said to his mum, we're going to look after your son. Yeah. yeah. And then... Literally, I just got flashbacks. And he got that used video. as an example. It's peak, man. Similar but, to Guendouzi, like it seemed like Duncan Ferguson was using him as an example. Like he brought him on and was like, "If you're not working hard enough, I'm going to take you back off." But it was extremely harsh when I remember it looking was, back on that. Uh, it was, was that a ten minute spin? Um, stunt, uh, yeah, look, I think it was like eleven minutes. He was on the pitch. Yeah, I think he came on in the seventy fourth, left in the eighty fifth or something crazy. Yeah, like I, think, that. I think that's right. I think that's it's right. like why would you even take off a striker in those last minutes? Like. Whoa. Yeah. It made no sense, but it was just like he's yeah. done. Bits. Was it was it one one at the time as well? Like they could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was one one. I think. I remember. I was watching. I think it finished one one. Yeah, it finished that. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, that yeah. that made no sense. But obviously now he's doing bits with PSG right now, and um, yeah, hopefully he can definitely show. continue. Very good yeah. show. And um. Yeah. Calm. Okay. What have you got? Anyone else, Alex? Uh, no, that was it. Well, that was a very good recording. I must say myself, you know, we've gone through young ballers from all all layers of the spectrum, you know, underrated, unknown, generational players doing bits, you know, we went through it all. And I hope you guys did enjoy this episode with our special guest, Alex. As I said in the the introduction of this episode, if you want to check out all this stuff on Instagram, are you on Twitter as well? Uh, No, not actually. Just on Instagram. just on Instagram for now. Come So uh, he's on Instagram. So be sure to check out all his stuff. I'll leave it in the link. Uh, I'll leave links in the descriptions below as per usual. And um, yeah, that was another episode of the One Two Podcast. 
brought you by myself, Jay, and my usual co-host, Dave, and our special guest, Alex. We'll keep it locked. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. In a bit. I love Chris Rich. Yeah, 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 yeah.